0: The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what it is, it's a rune cast that I've done for years, focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. The Weekly Rune is now available in full on Patreon.com. Just do a search for Kelly Harrell to find it, and you can find the archive of all past runecasts on my site, soulintentarts.com. If you're not sure what a half-month is or what the runic calendar is, Listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird or just go read the weekly rune. It's explained fully at the beginning of every rune cast. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. To those who send notes and share their experiences of the runes, that's what it's all about and I'm grateful for the engagement. And I also want to thank my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the podcast and the RuneCast possible with their financial support. If you've benefited from the RuneCast, the podcast, or the ton of free articles on the runes, animism, and soul tending on my website, you can show your support through buying my books, which you can find at soulintentarts.com or Amazon, by making a one-time contribution through PayPal or Square, or by contributing regularly through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and search for Kelly Harrell. You can also subscribe to the paid version of the Weekly Room there, and thank you for it. This episode is focused on the half-month of Isa, which represents the sacred seed. It, it represents a place of stillness, which is this, this sort of frozen sacred space that holds still for that seed to root. And a lot of people get really uncomfortable with that. They get frustrated when Issa comes up because they look at it and they see almost like, you know, a stop sign. They treat it like deep stuckness. Really, that's Nauti's, not entirely, but definitely more so than Issa. The difference, one of the big differences is that Issa is active stillness. And we struggle with that. We struggle with it hard, but when has the work of a seed ever been passive? And what is that seed? What's so sacred about it? A couple of things. To the old Norse, the sacred seed would have been the intersection of ice and heat, where the rhyme in the ice became activated. In Runic Book of Days, I called that a combustion of force and form, such that an entirely new being is created, a new life force is created. And for people who are really into nuance of weird weaving, that's what we're talking about. So if we think about how each of us houses a sacred seed, what would that be? Soul calling, personal duty? We use those phrases interchangeably and I want to sit with that observation in this episode. When we talk about these concepts, we think of them as unique to each of us that nobody else can do. You have some mission on this planet that nobody else can do. And yet there's also this uniting component of soul purpose, of of calling, that is this transpersonal experience of work or responsibility, like we're all working in some capacity to improve things. So which is it? Um, I have a theory. I would love to hear yours. We like our life purposes to be personal enough to let us bypass. Like like that's part of it, right? If we're really telling the truth. It's like you have to have one and you have to be able to identify it to be in the current cool club, but you don't necessarily have to do anything with it. I made this meme years ago that was like, Um, you know, Hey baby, what's your animal guide is the new, what's your sign. But I think now it would be more like, what's your life purpose? And the responses that you get, you know, when, when people talk about their life purpose, they say, my life purpose is to teach others to have compassion. My life purpose is to heal people's souls, which is great. That's awesome. But we're really talking about collective responsibilities when we say things like that, right? They're not necessarily the personal ones. They're the ones we're all on the line to do. Maybe some in a more literal capacity, some more metaphoric, but still, I mean, have you ever heard anybody say, my life purpose is to teach people to be assholes? Nobody says that. I mean, (laughs) give or take on whether that's true, but... I'm not one of those people who believes in the anti-teacher. That, that was a big thing in the 90s when I was kind of like trying to find a mentor. Those people who put you in a, intentionally in a state of pandemonium and through sheer terror, you have to kind of navigate yourself back out of it. And they, you know, step back and take credit for you doing that. So the idea of, you know, the new age idea that your nemesis is your greatest teacher thing will always be a hard sell for me. But my point is, most people say their life purpose is this really broad, sweeping, good, if not sugar-coated statement that doesn't really say anything. It doesn't have any feeling for the person saying it. It's like they're just kind of reading it off paper. And the people who observe them, you know, the people who listen to them say it, they they just kind of nod like, you know, well, what, what else were you going to say? So Those greater philosophical plateaus are awesome, and they are definitely part of it, but in order to get the resonance that Isa demands us have before we can go on to the next rune in life, before we can do the ring not pass, before we get to the next ring, we have to feel our personal duty. We have to have some kind of direct personal relationship with what that is. And that's where the human struggle with duality comes in. We're all great at duality when we're using it for divisiveness. This or that. Me versus them. Him or her, straight or gay, mine or mine. I mean, who are we kidding? We, we use duality to establish a hierarchy and we think it's a shit. But where we fall apart at duality is holding not just both polarities at once, but all of the nuances conceived within and around those polarities at once. We hold the whole thing. And as y'all have probably surmised, my domain is between. And I don't mean just in, you know, the spiritual landscape betwixt speak. But in terms of gender, in terms of orientation, in terms of how I natively conceive of, experience, and intentionally compose myself on this planet, I am between. And I, I struggle with duality uh, as a whole, and, and yet I totally adore it. See, see, I just did it right then. That's what I'm talking about. I can't pick a team. And that's what Seek sacred seed, calling, duty, is talking about. We have to be able to hold those broad, compassionate strokes that kind of give us boundaries for saying, okay, I know I don't want to be that asshole teacher, and yet I know that saying I want to teach people compassion isn't enough. It's too broad. So we have those broad strokes, and yet we also have to delve into the messy, dirty, hands-on work of how we manifest that here. And part of what's gotten lost in the New Age discussion of soul, call, soul calling and life purpose is that it isn't really for us. Like it, it, We have presented that like it's it's a secret, first of all. It's this big secret that nobody knows. And when you figure it out, you have to tell everybody, and you have to line up everything in your life according to that, And you're, there's almost a, in terms of that whole in club perspective, there's judgment if you don't know it. Like, if you don't know it, you're just a screw up. And all of that, apart from being very privileged speak, all of that makes the assumption that it's for us. Like our calling, our life purpose is to fulfill us, is to make us feel good about being here. But that's not what it is. Your soul calling and your life purpose is for other people. It's the gift that we can't help but give. And I I mean, it's not supposed to be this undertaking that turns you inside out and that you go into debt over and you lose all your friends. You can do it the martyr way. I'm not saying that you can't. But your soul calling, your life purpose, the individual collective component is supposed to be the revelation that flips you over into the realization of your communal self. It's when you you realize you're transpersonal and that through service, you show up in that transpersonal. The lesson of Isa is coming into peace with what our sacred seed actually is and not what we want it to be. And when we understand that, we also understand that it isn't for ourselves. It is the gift that we bear here. It is how we show up in community. So uh, (laughs) I'm going to go on a tangent for a second, because most of the time when people talk about life purpose and soul calling, it stops at go do that. Okay, you got it. Now go do it. But what does that mean? You know, what does that look like? And what if you can't do it? What if you have limitations in your ability to do what you perceive is your soul purpose, your life calling? We have all internalized that we have to have reached certain plateaus before we are spiritual enough, before we're good enough. We have to be skinny and rich and able-bodied and all these really privileged perspectives. That that's some Instagram. That's Instagram's sole purpose. <laughs> a lot of times when people talk about life purpose, it doesn't take into consideration life dynamics and circumstances of bigger systems that stomp all over your life purpose. And I don't want to end the conversation there. I'm I'm a white chick sitting in her house with her own unconscious biases. And I can't leave it there. I also don't expect I'll be the one that can carry the conversation because of those same biases. So what I will say is whatever's going on in your life, you're on your path. You're not off your path. I hear that all the time. I'm not on my path. I'm like, where Where are you? <laughs> if you're not on your path, where are you? Did you make a pit stop? Did you fall in the ditch beside your soul path? What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. It's a 2,000 year division between us and animistic relationship. It's not you. It's not the person beside you. It's patriarchal capitalist standards. It's Instagram. It's your spiritual truth as subsidized by fear, poverty, illness, oppression. It is an insidious belief that is based in judgment of your actual soul you cannot be off your path what happens is you lose awareness of your path because of this systemic shit so while you're doing that ring not pass study of isa and working about whether you're living your life purpose whether you're checking off all the boxes remember that part of the collective purpose we all share is to catch those folks who feel lost from their paths. Whatever you're doing as the manifestation of your path, you know, what, however you're showing compassion, however you're healing community, however it manifests for you in the hands-on, boots-on-the-ground way, it's supposed to also catch the folks who feel lost, from their paths. We all share the call to elder well, die well, then ancestor well. That is a facet of the sacred seed and it is what simultaneously makes our duties unique, unites us in drive and accomplishes a common purpose. It is all of that at once and it is okay to be all of you in that the ISA half month affirmation. I really love this one. Like I like them all, right? You're not supposed to pick a favorite of your your kids, your books, the little things that you write here and there. This is from Runic Book of Days, and I want to close this episode exactly on this. I lie frozen, awake, sleeping only to dream what comes next. Mm-hmm.